Welcome to Japanatron! My name is Dave Pavlina, and Japanatron is a podcast all about life in Japan and Japanese culture. Today's topic, I want to talk about overtime in Japan. The image of the Japanese worker, the salaryman, the oeru, the office lady, is a person who works crazy amounts of overtime. Everybody knows this. This is the image. This is the stereotype. They're coming home on the train, passed out, you know, well after midnight. Maybe I don't know, maybe last train or something. And it's uh, it's it's a reality. It's not a uh, it's not a false image. There is some there's some truth behind this image. And one thing that has been a hot topic lately is something called karoshi. Karoshi. Karoshi means death from overwork, and this is a reality. This has been on the news recently. There have been cases of people, young men, young women, straight out of college, early 20s, otherwise perfectly healthy young people, and they're dropping dead. And the explanation is they get their first job out of college, and they're working some crazy-ass overtime, constantly, without end. And they literally die from overwork. So what the hell is going on here? Because American me cannot relate to this. Because, man, 5.30? <laughs> I love the expression, uh, if you want to see the dead come back to life, uh, come to my desk at 5.30. <laughs> There's my work ethic. How, how about that? How about that, folks? And uh, I cannot relate to this. I got other stuff to do, man. 5.30 rolls around, uh, my ass is out the door. And, uh, you know, I want to go home, you know, have some uh, some cup, cup noodle ramen or something. <laughs> uh, watch some old episodes of Star Trek Voyager. And that's that's my life. That's my evening. It is not it is not going to be spent at the desk doing crazy amounts of overtime. So what is going on in Japan? What why why is why is there this image of crazy amounts of overtime? And uh, why are people literally dropping dead from overwork? So, the traditional explanation, the common one I often hear, is it's the culture, it's the traditions. There is a culture of conformity in Japan, it is a collectivist culture. The nail that sticks up gets hammered down. You conform, okay? They, they value conformity. And they have this traditional system of lifetime employment. You finish university, and you get your first job out of college, and it's at a big Japanese company like Mitsubishi, Toyota, take your pick. And that is going to be your job for the rest of your life. You're going to work at that company for the rest of your life. And as such, the company is your family. More so than your biological family. Your biological family will take a back seat to the company. Especially if you're the guy, traditionally the breadwinner, the dude. And there's a lot of cultural pressure here. For example, the boss is still working uh, when it's, you know, near the end of the day. 
<laughs> you're thinking about getting up and leaving, but the boss is still at uh, at the desk working. You can sit your ass back down, dude. You can't leave before the boss. Culture of conformity. And, and it sort of breeds this culture of overtime. And there's an expression in Japanese, uh, osaki ni And it literally, it literally means, you know, I, I apologize. There's a lot of apologizing in Japan, of course. I apologize for leaving before everyone. <laughs> and I hate this expression. American me hates this expression. I never use it. <laughs> because there's no way in hell I'm going to apologize for leaving on time. <laughs> that is not something I apologize for. So I'll do the otsukare samades, you know, oh, good job, we're all working so hard, you know, blah, 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 but I'm not doing the osakini thing, okay. And I used to work at a Japanese bank, and it had a little bit of a, yeah, the traditional setup. I'm not saying all Japanese companies have this traditional thing, but certainly a lot of them do. The fact that people are dropping dead, yeah, they still have this traditional setup. And I was working at this Japanese bank, and... Uh, 5.30 rolled around. That's the end of the day for me, man. So I, I'm getting up and leaving. And the manager next to me, I, I, I think he didn't like me very much. <laughs> I didn't make a very good impression. I, You know, he's kind of giving me the evil eye whenever I leave at 5.30, you know. And I, I do not give a shit. I am not a member of that culture. I was not, I was not brought up that way. I was not raised that way. And so... I do not relate, and it does not affect me one bit. However, I can understand if you're Japanese and you were raised in that culture and you were brought up that way, that uh, you cannot leave before the boss and um, you just keep working and, and the you work, 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 and the, the company is your family and they are number one in your life. They are the most important thing you have going on. I couldn't relate, but... So I, I understand, though, that uh, Japanese people were brought up that way. Culture, traditions, it's, it's, uh, it's, it's in there. That's, that's the traditional explanation I always hear, the typical explanation. Uh, I want to offer some alternative explanations. Some other things I've noticed during my working life in Japan, and these are not alternative facts, <laughs> so, so don't, don't worry about that. I know that's a big thing right now. These are just alternative explanations of mine, my own opinions, okay? I, I walk around, and I myself recently have been doing some overtime. <laughs> I'm not a fan, <laughs> but I've had some projects come up at work. It's been very busy, and overtime has become necessary for me recently. Fortunately, there's a light at the end of the tunnel for me. It's not, it's not, uh, it's not overtime for the rest of my life. And I've noticed during my uh, my nights of overtime, I noticed a pattern. Is uh, I see the same people now. Of course, they're Japanese. <laughs> the Westerners are 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 long gone, long gone. Uh, it's the same Japanese people there. All the Japanese staff? No, certain Japanese staff are there consistently, at least from my experience uh, with my recent overtime. And <sighs> I just. I have to think. I have some other ideas that I was thinking about. Number one, is this just sort of an act? Because I get it. You know, Japanese are known for being hardworking and efficient and work, 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 and we get a lot of stuff done. But, you know, are you just stuck there because the boss is still there? <laughs> is it just like, 
well, I'm the boss, I can't leave before the subordinate, and the subordinate can't leave before the boss, so I just, we're, we're, we're just going to be at the office forever. <laughs> it just sort of feeds itself, and I don't know, I feel like sometimes I, I just get the impression that this is just sort some sort of an act, um, and, and, you know, hey, that guy's working so hard, wow, look at that, oh, Johnson, <laughs> You know, he's a big he's a big up and comer in the company. He's putting in crazy hours and you know, he's going to be something someday. I don't know, is this this some sort of an act? Are they are they really working or are they just stuck there? And I think there's this misconception when it comes to overtime in Japan that long hours equals hard worker. And I do not agree with that. I don't think I don't think working lots and lots of hours necessarily means you're a hard worker or that you're generating more profits than someone else that works fewer hours or that uh, you're more valuable to the company in any way. It it could mean you're very inefficient. (laughs) It could mean you're a terrible worker. You're putting in 16 hours when a normal person can do the same amount of work in four. So, there's that. I I think there's this misconception that long, crazy amounts of overtime and long hours means you're productive. And I, I just don't agree with that. I think maybe you're inefficient and something else is going on, or some kind of an act. Another explanation is maybe overtime in Japan just isn't viewed as badly as it is in America, for example. When I hear the word overtime, I I cringe. (laughs) No. It's like death. (laughs) Overtime. Nasty. And perhaps in Japan, in Japanese culture, overtime... Not great, but not that bad. You know, that's just the way life is. You got overtime. We deal with it. So perhaps it's just not as bad. (laughs) It's not a really a bad thing. Uh, Perhaps they just view it differently. Uh, Another explanation is, is there just nothing else going on? And I've heard this a lot. And I don't mean to be a dick about this, but sometimes I think, are these people at work because... You know, they don't have kids, they're single, and work is really the center of their life. It's what makes them happy. Their career is really the most important thing, and really the number one thing they have going on in their life right now. And, I don't know, maybe they don't have many hobbies, they don't have, you know, they come home, and they eat dinner, and they go to bed. And then the next day, they do it all over again. And maybe, you know, I don't know, they're not really into socializing. There's those things called hikikomori, you know, the people just kind of shut themselves up and don't really socialize, don't make friends, don't go out and meet members of the opposite sex or the same sex or whatever. And um, there's a lot of that in Japan, I've heard. I mean, there's a lot of that everywhere, but in Japan particularly, you know, suicide's another major public health issue, and uh, I think part of it could be just because people don't, maybe they don't socialize so much. And work really is the thing that, you know, their entire life revolves around. It's the sun of their life. And 
And I don't know, maybe they don't view it as overtime. Maybe they just view it as part of their life. And I, I say this because I remember when I was teaching English, uh, we would interview people and, and a common question would be, what's your hobby? And a common answer was sleeping. <laughs> I always kind of laughed at this because if someone says their hobby is playing an instrument, you can follow that up with plenty of other questions. What instrument do you play? How long have you been playing it? Are you good? What style of music do you like? Do you perform? Do you record? Sleeping as a hobby, there's not much conversation that blooms from that answer, unfortunately. And I've heard that a lot. My hobby is is sleeping. And then I'm like, uh, do you have any other hobbies? Uh, watching movies. Okay, not too bad, but again, I don't really consider that much of a hobby. And I don't know, I, I always thought a hobby, if you say something like yoga, it, it sounds more social to me. You go to yoga classes, you meet people. And I don't hear a lot of that, at least during my English teaching days. I, I didn't hear a lot of, of, of that. I always heard these kind of these kind of hobbies like sleeping. And so I, I always just sort of wondered, is, is there just nothing else going on? And is that why some people are at the office late consistently? And the final alternative explanation I have, I was always curious, is why can't you just call it a day? Like, is everything you're doing that urgent? So 5.30, 6, 6.30 rolls around. Can you just continue the next day and pick up where you left off? Why do you have to be there till 10, 11, midnight every night? I mean, there's some serious workload issues. <laughs> or there's some serious efficiency issues going on. Okay, and you, you got to talk to HR. Because it brings me to the next section and I call this breakdown of tradition, is when you look at it, and I'm not, a, let me side, let me sidetrack for a little bit. I'm not a fan of traditions, as you may have guessed. I, I like to say traditions are excuses for being an asshole. <laughs> it's just, that's just the way we do things. You know, we enslave black people because that's just, that's our tradition. That's the way we, we do things. We, we hit women. <laughs> it's our tradition. Uh, we work crazy overtime until people die. That's our tradition. That's the way we do things. That's our motus operandi. Uh, I'm not a fan of traditions. A more eloquent way to say that, I'd suppose, I suppose, is traditions are excuses for rejecting change. Okay. The Japanese culture is a culture of overtime. And you're expected to work hard, and you're expected to work long hours. And that's the way we do things. Well, well... Fortunately, this tradition is breaking breaking down. And the government and the law is on the side of the worker. In fact, as a permanent employee of a company, it is actually very hard to get fired. So that is very nice. Uh, the, the Japanese law, labor law, does favor permanent employees a lot. So that's kind of nice. And there, there are stipulations saying you, you, you can't make someone work crazy amounts of overtime. 
and especially unpaid overtime. And there are a lot of stipulations here. And and fortunately, the government is taking another look at this because of karoshi, of people dropping dead. Unfortunately, companies are undermining this by hiring contractors. Eee, sneaky. They're not hiring people as permanent employees. They're hiring them as contractors, contract workers. This is popular. This is a popular thing to do in Japan. Because with the breakdown of the life, lifetime, lifelong employment system in Japan, people are job hopping a lot more. There's less loyalty to the company. And there's less loyalty on both sides, unfortunately. People are job hopping because, well, this other company looks better, looks more attractive. I'll just, I'll skip, I'll, I'll leave this jump ship off, off this company and go to this one. Or this one wants to hire me just as a, as a contractor. I'm not a permanent employee, so they can get rid of me really easily. So, yeah, there's job hopping on the worker side, and then on the company side... They're hiring, they're hiring just uh, people as contractors so that they can get rid of them more easily, if necessary. And really what it comes down to is this is capitalism. And capitalism is based on exploitation. And it's all about money. They're not going to hire permanent employees because they're hard to get rid of. It's cheaper in case of any kind of financial trouble or anything like that. It's cheaper just to bring in a bunch of contractors and uh, get rid of them if necessary. Saves money. Increases profits. On the worker side, well, fuck it. I don't feel any loyalty to this company. They, they're going to they're just fire me at the <laughs> at the first sign of trouble. You know, there goes the, the lifetime employment system. So uh, I'm going to jump ship. I'm going to keep my resume updated. And I'm going to leave. So. This this is breaking down. These traditions are breaking down, fortunately. And there are uh, there are um, changes I've seen. There have been some changes. I have heard of companies that turn off the lights. <laughs> this is kind of cool. It's a little sad that it's come to this, but it, it is kind of funny. They set like alarms, you know, like little. Uh, elementary school bells or something i don't know how it goes or they turn off the lights at 6 six thirty. you know you gotta leave and and that's nice because it, it tells the worker that the company really doesn't want you there or need you there go and enjoy your life your life is not working for us this whole thing where the company is your family that shit is over man that's long over so I, I applaud companies that do this kind of thing, that, that turn off the lights. <laughs> get, the, get the fuck out. Get out of our office. <laughs> Go home. Drink. Enjoy life. Enjoy your life. I appreciate that. I think I applaud that. That's a very good thing. The alarm tones is pretty cute, too. Uh, because I think companies are realizing that long hours don't equate to profits. Because companies like Google and Apple have proven that. Google and Apple realize it's not all about how long you work. You know, that, that cheesy expression, don't work harder, work smarter. 
And what, what they do is they have these really progressive HR policies. You don't have to wear a suit and tie here. You can wear jeans and a t-shirt. You don't have to sit at a desk all day. You can sit in a beanbag chair. Uh, we have a company cafeteria will feed you lunch for free every day. Uh, we have cafes. You can sit there and work and enjoy uh, your time. It's, it's less like traditional working. It feels less like working and more like you're at home, you know, working from home. And, and you know, it's, it's more friendly and progressive. And what happens here is companies like Google and Apple, they get this reputation for, for being very progressive and everyone wants to work there. Nice. I don't have to wear a shirt and tie. Hell yeah. Beanbag chairs, company gym, you know, and, and free lunch every day. Hells yeah. And then it becomes competitive and everyone wants to work there because of all these policies and these very attractive things. So these companies attract top talent. The most talented people want to work there. They are lining up, banging on the door of these companies. And Japanese companies have realized, oh, I guess it's not really about hours. It's not about crazy amounts of overtime and, and squeezing every bit of labor out of the worker because that doesn't necessarily mean profits. I think actually it's probably a better approach if we make the worker happy. Don't make them work crazy amounts of hours and make it so they can wear whatever they want and they can kind of work from home and, and introduce all these and feed them and keep them happy and healthy. And we'll, our company with these policies will attract the top talent. And Japanese companies, I've heard Rakuten does this. Uh, they want to be the next, you know, Google. They want to be the next Apple. And they want to have these very progressive policies. And so my image of Rakuten is uh, I applied there and I failed. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but my image of Rakuten is similar to, to that of Google, is, oh, nice, I see the pictures, you know, and everyone's smiling and having a good time and dressed casually, hell yeah, sign me up, but it's competitive, can't get it, damn it, <laughs> god damn it, give me some hints, how do I get in, how do I get in the door of, of Rakuten? So yeah, these progressive HR policies attract the top talent, and, and I'm hoping to see more changes like this. I'm hoping that this will spread to Japan, and that eventually this, this lifetime employment, this, this uh, culture of overtime will completely disappear altogether. I would be very happy with that. And uh, <laughs> moving on, it's interesting though, is I see a lot of Japanese people, and again, I applaud this. I see a lot of Japanese people that embrace alternative working lifestyles. A lot of Japanese people I see are YouTubers. They're pro-bloggers. And they're making a living independently. They're not joining some big Japanese company and selling their soul and their entire life to, you know, making some some product or whatever for, for Sony or, or, or Toyota or Honda, you, you know, Mitsubishi, you name it. They're not selling out like that. They're they're embracing this sort of alternative lifestyle, this this new way of making money, you know, blogging and, and YouTubing. And it's cool. I, I like that. 
I, I like people like that. I like creatives that that just sort of work independently and they they maintain a uh, they maintain their own lifestyle and they make a living doing it. And I I I uh, respect that. I admire it and I envy it. I wish I could do that. <laughs> I would love to quit my job and just do podcasts all day. Uh, but <laughs> that's another podcast. That's the topic for another podcast. <laughs> Similar to my, my recent video about why I, I don't have that many subscribers. <laughs> um, the last note, I've said just about everything I want to say about this topic of overtime. I'm interested to hear your opinions, too. Uh, the last little note I have, I really had nowhere else to put this. And I noticed when I was doing my overtime, I couldn't help but notice in Japan, there seems to be a relationship with the smoking. And everyone knows my opinion of smoking. I covered it in my very first episode. And okay, you know, I'm a little, I get a little fired up about it, a little passionate about it. But I do acknowledge that smoking is a stress reliever. It is not a very healthy stress reliever, but it is one of the. It, it, it is a stress reliever. People smoke; they get that nicotine high, and it's it's a brief respite. It's a brief break from the stress. And so, if I were doing crazy amounts of overtime consistently, I would probably turn to smoking. I can see how this can happen. It's not healthy, like I said. It, it would be a lot healthier to burn off the stress by riding a bike, or running, or doing exercise, of course. But I realize smoking is one of those rare things that you can actually do at the office, essentially. You can, you can take a cigarette out, and you can go on a smoke break. Another stress reliever I like is drinking alcohol. It's not socially acceptable to crack open a beer at your desk. But you can whip out a cigarette and go downstairs to the smoking area and have a smoke break. So perhaps one of the reasons smoking is so popular in Japan is related is because of the overtime. Perhaps there's a relationship there. And I couldn't help but notice that. And I have another interesting side note about this too. Is so so smoking is one of those few things you can do. I mean, unless your company offers a gym membership or has their own in-house gym. But smoking is one of those rare things you can do to to relieve stress while you're in within your working hours. And there's a funny story. My office recently expanded to another floor. So we we built out this entire floor. It's brand new. It's really beautiful. And one of the features they included was these phone booths. Uh, people can step in there and make a private phone call or a business-related phone call. And it's literally just a phone booth, okay? And I had some people visit, and they said... Oh, I noticed you put glass doors, you know, which is nice. And, and I, I thought, oh, it's good. You could see if it's occupied or not easily. And the, the glass is, is glazed, so it is private to an extent. But you can see whether someone's in there or not, you know, if it's occupied or not. And this guy, he was from another office in another country. And he told me a funny story. He said, yeah, our office had uh, phone booths as well, but they weren't glass doors. They were completely private. They had solid wood doors, right? And he said they had to replace the doors with glass doors because guys were going in there uh, with their computers and watching porn and jerking off. <laughs> and I thought that was kind of funny. And I'm like, shit, that's actually kind of cool. 
And I can kind of see myself doing that. <laughs> it was a solid door. And it was totally private. And I knew I wasn't going to get caught. Uh, yeah, I mean, man, no better way to burn off some stress. And it's a lot healthier than smoking, right? Just, you know, go in the booth and, and pound one out. And the phone booth is kind of a phone booth slash jerk-off booth. <laughs> And I always thought it'd be funny if the company actually encouraged that, you know? Like, instead of smoking to to relieve your stress, we have installed these jerk-off booths. So you can go in there and masturbate. And there's, like, lube and tissues in there. (laughs) I do not want to clean up that booth, though, man. (laughs) Or empty the trash can. (laughs) But I thought it'd be funny if if you join a new company or something and they're giving you a tour of the office, you know, and here's our smoking area. And uh, here's our company gym, you know, and, and our showers, you know, you can, uh, you can sit and, and, and relax, uh, take a shower or a bath, or we have our company cafe and our cafeteria, uh, and then we have our jerk-off booths, so you can go in there and masturbate and just, you know, squeeze one out if you want, you know, burn off some stress, because you might be working lots of overtime. And I'm like, shit, you know, overtime would be a lot more tolerable if uh, my office had a jerk-off booth. But unfortunately, our uh, our jerk-off booths are not to be jerk-off booths. They are just phone booths because they have glass doors. So I don't know, maybe I have to put up like, I'll put up like a big piece of cardboard or something. <laughs> Occupied. <laughs> so yeah, let's um, let's end with that. Let's end with the uh, me talking about jerk-off booths excessively. And I think uh, that sound was just the sound of all of my female audience leaving all at once. I don't know. Do I have any female subscribers? <laughs> Probably not. If if I did, they uh, the two of them just left. <laughs> Bye, ladies. <laughs> you all come back now. You hear? <laughs> because the next episode, I'll, I'll talk uh, for 30 minutes just about jerk-off booths. So, yeah, that's about all I have to say. Uh, If you like Japanatron, please, uh, you can go to japanatron.com. I got the follow me links and all that good stuff. You know, comment, whatever. Give me some feedback. Help me become better at this. And uh, you have a very good day. Toodles.